Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, we're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Are we going legal on this? Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzola, Sam Monson. We're live here on a Tuesday. Working on a Tuesday this week, Sam. Yeah. And uh, it's a big day. We're taking all of your best NFL draft bets and predictions. We've, uh, I didn't think we had enough time because <laughs> we announced it yesterday. And we've had hundreds of emails come in with draft predictions, bets, and various things. Yes. Many, many emails have come in to the mailbox. They're still coming in. Stuff full. Yes. I, I've added these to the sheet multiple times. I did it at 11 o'clock last night, and by the time I woke up this morning, there were 23 more emails that had come in. Cleared all those, and there were a bunch more that came in after like 8 a.m., and they're still coming in. But time's done. I'm, I've stopped. I'm not putting any more on the document. This is the last. Mason. Mason has the last email. Mason Grable. That's the last email that I'm even going to look at. Anything that comes in from now on in is just getting deleted. Why? Wait, we, we can still add people leading up to the draft. Because I've looked at too many emails. Too this, many. That, you're not good at being interactive with the fans here, man. I'm, gotta... I'm done. I've been interactive several times now between yesterday and today, and now I'm out. Well, this is going to be great. Um, we did this before the season. It was more bet style, right? It was more Steve, Sam, you guys said this thing. I completely disagree with it. The opposite's going to happen. Let's put something on the line. For this, it's less about uh, calling us out and more about just putting your name on the line for a draft prediction. This yeah. guy's going to go top 10. This guy will never fall. My team will never do this or that. You know, a lot of the stuff that comes up at various times. Right. And a lot of these, there were a lot of common themes throughout the emails. You know, a lot of uh, people thought the same thing or were sort of pushing the same thing. Frankly, I went with a uh, first come, first serve policy, you know. And if you had the same idea as somebody else whose name I'd already put on the document, yeah, you were out of luck. So, you know, time zone's important sometimes when it comes to these things. Wow. Time if you're, zone. Uh, uh, there was an email from Australia. I, I don't. I, honestly, I don't even know what their time zone is relative to Eastern time, but it's probably not advantageous to this particular task. So he, he, I don't think his went on the list. Um, but yeah, so there were a lot of ones that were of a theme. Uh, I put in a couple of different varieties of like certain player-specific takes that we'll get to. So when we go through these, 
I'll make sure I uh, control an F a guy's name and we can kind of cover all of the, the, the bets or the, the takes on a specific guy at the same kind of time. All right. Well, uh, yeah, there were a lot of repeat ones. Mm-hmm. Which are uh, which are fun. Which there are some good ones. And then though. you have some fans who are like, "My team will never do this." And then the, another fans like, "My team will definitely do this." Yeah. those are fun too. There were some good ones in there. Well, first off, before we get into it, the PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow? Well, Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. All right, man. We've got a – so you created a live document for this, right, where people can follow along? I didn't create it as much as repurpose the one we used before. It's a different uh, tab on the document that somebody else helped create because I can't do this kind You didn't of thing. delete last year's No, it's results, just a right? hidden sheet here. Oh, it's hidden. Yeah. Wow, look at you. But – we can share this document out to people who can look at it. It'll be in the description of this podcast on YouTube and audio. You can get in there. Uh, I'll tweet it out as well. It's already been tweeted by me yesterday. So you can see the running tally of this, this document. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it. Do we, do we get into the chat? It's going to be tough to go back and forth with the chat. Do we take any from the chat later on? I mean, let's start working through them and see how long it takes us. We've got how many of these things have we got? 37? Wow. these 36 uh bets so let's see how fast we work through the list and then you know maybe we can look at glance of the chat all right well let's let's start it up man i'll let you uh you know go through them oh, and we'll okay. uh, react accordingly all right the the first one on the list from joe mcculley aka philly joe uh how he works how he magic and the philadelphia eagles somehow come out of this draft with jalen carter Philly ends up with Jalen Carter. So they got 10 and 30. Whether Carter slips to them, the 10, and they just get Howie Lucky, or whether they go aggressive. I mean, the, the, the Jalen Carter's going to slip discussion is happening more and more. And There's even more though, in there, so we can get to those as well. Yeah, so um, I don't think this is all that crazy. I mean, I love it as a, hey, we're, uh, we're believing in this thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Philly with two picks, that'd be uh, – you know that's where you take those those chances. I think I'm all about teams that have two picks taking the uh, quote unquote riskier, high upside type of play like a Jalen Carter. Yeah. So a couple other Jalen Carter bets in here um, based off my control and F finding. Yeah. Uh, Michael Luchies, Luchies, uh, any of the following: Detroit will pass on Jalen Carter if he's available. Uh, Detroit will not draft a tight end of the top 100 picks, and Detroit will add. 2023 draft picks over the course of the draft so they'll have more those are all different ones yeah he's basically he's on board with any of those things happening and then the other jalen carter one we had was chris mcfarland says jalen carter will not be the first interior defender off the board jalen carter will not be Mm -hmm. so that's a good one according to my uh horizontal board here for just the defense that would have to be hang on whoa 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 uh, so we have a hard copy here, which is just standard operating procedure for Palazzolo. Yeah. But this is a this is a model derived Hari board. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to have an idea of where the strengths and weaknesses are in the draft. Um, trying to automate it a little bit. This is my just my first iteration. Going to uh-huh. pretty it up a little bit. Will not be unveiled to the public, but uh, wow. I'll have this. I'm going to have it laminated for draft night, like I'm calling plays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We got a laminator at home. <laughs> Of course you it's do. It's great. Tell it. My wife's got it. 
Great. I have her laminate my uh, my horizontal draft board here. Uh-huh. So according to my board here, that would be Kalijah Kansi, Brian Brissy. One of those guys is going to come off the board ahead of Jalen Carter. Maybe yeah. uh, Mazzy Smith from uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's uh, that's a powerful take there. Yeah. So we we have uh, so are we going to go. We're going to put PFF Plus on the line for all these. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I assume we're only going to hand out a few. These are these are bold takes. They are, yeah. Right, and we'll hand out PFF Plus for... Uh, yeah, a really new way of tracking when we've accepted versus declined any of these. Uh, so I think I, there's, it's going to be tough to decline because it's not us going... You know, like we're no, not I know, but there might it. be some that are... I, I threw a lot on here. There are some that are definitely weak enough that I just think it's a, it's not a strong enough take that we want to... Yeah, I got you. You know, we want to credit that with a potential PFF Plus account. That's all I'm saying. You know, you got to come with the heat. Jalen Carter not being the first interior defender taken, that's some heat. Howie getting Jalen Carter, I think, is also some reasonable heat. So those are definitely in. But there's some other ones in here that I think are, are relative weak sauce. That's all I'm saying. Can we throw um, Can we throw Mike Tannenbaum's name into the uh, into the Google we'll put document? him on the. You want to put him on the bet? I think we're allowed to put other people into it and based just, off when they when they put a strong take out there. And just he like just, send them a free PFF plus. <laughs> he j- well, maybe I will send that to Mike so he could you know use our grades and everything. You could send him a, a hard copy laminated version of the Hari board. Yeah, if he, he wins. So uh, not only did he have Hendon Hooker going to Seattle at five in his mock draft. Yeah, uh, Mel Kiper has just recently put Hendon Hooker in the first round, mm-hmm. late first. And uh, Tannenbaum responded, said, good to see you have Hendon Hooker in the first round. He'll be the best QB from this year's draft. Wow. That's spicy. The best QB from this year's draft. So we can add my friend Mike over here to... Uh, I mean... Let's find out what he's into. What he's, uh, that's in the category of... I mean, all these things are possible, right? Like Everything's we, possible, of right. course. That's why it's We've fun. We've been talking about this the whole time. Like, the whole thing of the draft is nothing is in absolutes. Not, everything is possible. Nobody knows anything. But it's very difficult to see how you can get to that conclusion based off the current evidence. Like, is it possible? Sure. Everything's, yeah. In the world of, yeah, all these things are possible. Like, nobody thought Brock Purdy would be the best quarterback from his class. All these kinds of... Like, everything's possible. Is it a reasonable thing to be predicting right now? I really don't see how you can say yes. I mean, I don't care. It's cool. Why not? I just have like, fun in in this world of have but, fun with you know, it. To, as much as anything is possible, I still think your takes should be based in some form of like reality or empirical evidence. Like, you know, you could just you could come out here and say, all right, based off nothing, some random guy scheduled going the fifth round will be the best player from this draft. And you might be right. There's no reason for you to say that, though, beyond just calling I, it out. What if I go all in on uh, Wake Forest D-tackle Kobe Turner? Yeah. Kobe Turner is going to be the best defensive For tackle. example, there are certain people whose, whose draft rankings out there are sufficiently batshit that every now and again they're going to hit on one and nobody else in the world will have that guy as their number one, two, or three player at that position or whatever. We need to have him on our show. Yeah. But we should have him on the show. To there's literally himself. no reason for them. To, you can't claim that as a win because the, the rest of your process is so, like, eyes closed, just throwing darts, that it doesn't matter. You say consistently having uh, top five quarterbacks that when they play other positions <laughs> is uh, not a winning strategy. I'm saying you probably shouldn't be using the fact that your top players are drafted by the USFL already as a win for your process. 
All right, we're not going to name names. All right, let's get into uh, what else do we have here, Sam? What's next on the list here? Do you want me to go through them? Do you want me to? Well, I've started. You want I've started taking them off, so I should probably maintain my my plan since you know you'll only mess up my system. That's all. All I'm right, saying. I don't want to mess with your system here. What's up next here? Will Levis, Alex L. Uh, Will Levis will fall outside of the top twenty picks. This was quite a kind of popular. The Levis had a lot of traction with the emails. Um, Barnett Warnock. That guy's name always causes me problems. For Barnett? Some reason. Yeah. Barnett Warnock. Uh, three first-round quarterbacks only, and Will Levis will therefore fall out of the first round entirely. Uh, the Kenneth Carlson from Norway uh, says, Hooker, Hendon Hooker to Minnesota is a guarantee, uh, not necessarily round one, but also says there is a 0% chance that Will Levis goes in round one. Uh, so there, three. Three Will Levis takes. Falls outside the top 20, uh, falls That's out of round one entirely. Bold. And then Kenneth, the Norwegian, going all the way out there and going 0% chance he goes in the first round. Yeah, those are all acceptable. Those, I, see, I, I even think saying he falls out of the top 20 – because, um, what, Tampa Bay's at, what, 19? I mean, I think that's bold enough. Yeah, those are all bold. But then each each one sequentially took it a step further. Does the uh, does the boldest one get, like, a two-year subscription or something like that? Or it's just... Uh, I mean, maybe they can get a laminated hurry board. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So the goal here is, too, I could go back. I would do, like, historic yeah. hurry boards and all that uh-huh. stuff. and Real automation. Real good automation. Well, maybe they can pick their favorite year for the hurry board. Yeah. Just like, one out. This would be... I, there's, uh, let's see, one, two, three... Four, there's like five defensive players I would take in the first round in this year's draft, according to this. That's why you want to trade down. That's why you want to trade down. Um, yeah, this will be uh, – that is bold. I'm going to say, are there any Anthony Richardson falls? Uh, yes. Predictions in there as well? You see, the, chat, right. the chat's got the idea. You know, hey, Sam, it's Renner. This is from David Mumbauer. Uh, Tanner McKee will be the best quarterback in the draft. Now, you can say it. There's no earthly logic that will point you in that direction. Yeah. Just uh, just put your name out there. Yeah. I'm surprised people haven't caught on to the Tanner McKee hype. We're trying to get him pushed down the final draft board. We'll see how it goes. We shall see how it goes here. You're just tanking the man's mojo stock. Oh, jeez. Don't even start. Uh, so, some Will Levis drops. I, so, I've been of the mind that he's going to be the one that drops. He, uh, I told but. you this. I told you this, that he aced the S2 test, that cognitive the yeah. thing designed to measure, you know, can you actually play quarterback, not just are you smart. Let's skip to the Anthony Richardson stuff because I think the more I've, I've talked to a few people, I haven't gotten the best answers about Anthony Richardson. They're just going to skip right over the idea that, that Will Levis might be a quarterback in Savant. What's a 93? Is that good? That's right up there with Brock Purdy. I think <laughs> Purdy might have been 94, if I'm remembering that article correctly. And Bryce Young is supposedly deep into the 90s as well. Didn't people say Stroud had that number too? Why are these numbers No, Stroud's is lower. Why are they getting out with these numbers? The same reason the Wonderlick got out. People leak them. Yeah, but like, Wonder, wasn't that okay for it to get out? No. I don't think so. I think those are always supposed to be behind uh, closed doors. So I was of the mind that Will Levis would be the guy that falls. Yeah, I think you're probably right. The S3 test. S2. S2 test. Well, I'm going to develop S3. Okay. If you threw the model (laughs) into S2, think about your results. Yeah. That Uh much better. So I thought, I think Levis was going to be the guy that falls. As we get closer and we have a lot more time to think about this stuff, I think it might be Richardson. I think Richardson might go lower than we expected. Oh, it sounds so... Apparently, Mike Quinn got some sound effects ready from when we were uh, accepting or rejecting the bets. 
So I think we officially accept all three of the Will Levis will slide bets of some description. Let's assume there's a sound effect played in there at some Can point. we get that played over the speaker in here so we can hear it too? Or do I have to throw the IFB in to be able to hear it? That's right, awesome. That's too complicated for us. Yeah, probably. Is. Anyway, you want to move on to your, your Anthony Richardson stuff? Let's go to – so we've got people predicting Will Levis to fall. Let's go to some Anthony Richardson-based bets. Okay, let me find them. Uh, so um, this happens every year. People talk to people around the league and all that stuff. Just, just like when I've when I've talked to various offensive coaches of varying uh, levels of coaching, I think they they all acknowledge the same issues that we acknowledge with Anthony Richardson, and I wonder how much you and I sitting in this seat have more of an appetite to be able to take that type of chance, right? That we're that we look at it as because we, we we preface all of this, right? We preface all of it by if you draft Anthony Richardson, you got to let him run. You got to build your offense a certain way. You got to get. You got to give them time to develop the accuracy and everything, which is which is uh, which is the playbook, right? We said similar things about Lamar Jackson, right? You got to build your offense around him. There's a pa- hashtag path to success for Lamar. We said that back in 2018. He didn't go till the end of the first. I think that's one of the bets in here. That was one of the predictions. It'll be Lamar like for Anthony Richardson. I wonder how many teams are actually willing to do that. Where with all the other quarterbacks, even Levis, who struggled last year. You're not necessarily changing your offense. You're not doing anything all that different, right? I wonder how many. I wonder if Richardson's the guy that ends up falling. So, what do our uh, what do the listeners think? I wonder if the biggest um, specter hanging over NFL teams, looking at Anthony Richardson, or, or wondering, you know, how high do you take a guy with this kind of profile, is the relative lack of playing time slash experience, like he'll be compared to Josh Allen a lot because of, you know, guy with scattershot, scattershot accuracy who had all the physical tools and put it together, became amazing. Um, we've talked about Trey Lance as well as being maybe the only guy with a worse accuracy profile than Anthony Richardson coming into the NFL. Obviously, Allen has worked out. Trey Lance so far has not. One of the big differentiators between those two guys is that Allen had a long, extensive college career uh, Trey Lance had barely played the game at any level ever. Still hasn't. Richardson, like his entire college career, is less than a thousand snaps old. So as much as I, I don't, I, I wonder. I think NFL teams are scared of that again. The idea of you know what, maybe the freakiest thing to worry about is not what's wrong with him. What do we need to fix? What are the mechanical problems? It's what kind of experience does he have? If he doesn't have a lot of experience that's when we start to get worried again because all of a sudden you've got guys like Brock Purdy coming out of the woodwork with his four-year career and you know those are the guys that are are coming off well I wonder if the thing that's scaring teams away if indeed it's happening or if it's just smoke but the thing that could be scaring people away from Richardson at the top of the draft is not only is he a project but he's a very inexperienced project and that's the thing that's worrying and on top of that um, we just saw Justin Fields have a season where he looked like a star from a rush, uh, running standpoint, but the pass game never really caught up for Fields. You know, a couple good games here and there. You know, as much as we've talked about, well, Josh Allen is the comp for Anthony Richardson or Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson, right? How much of it is the last thing the NFL saw was Justin Fields, 1,000-yard rusher, setting records, but there were still kind of some question marks coming into the offseason, right? Is he going to develop as a passer? You're, you're opting into that, basically with Anthony Richardson, right? You're, I think there's, there's an assumption there's a similar level of rushing ability. There's a similar level of uh, pass game development needed. 
The closer we get, the more I think Richardson might be the one to drop, especially as Hendon Hooker. What does Mike love here? It's entirely possible. Oh, he's listening. He's live. Mike's live listening to us right now. Oh, nice. Oh, no, not. Uh, he's, uh, no. he's listening to your mock. He's oh. behind. He's always a little he's behind. He's behind. A lot of people you know? are. Um, so, in fact, good news is the, uh, the emails are going to keep flying in based off being a day behind the, the curve. Um, all right. We ready for the Richardson? Yeah, Let's, yeah. Let's go. What do they got? Uh, Stuart Laverty says Anthony Richardson will be picked somewhere between, this is very specific, 25 and 31 and by a team trading up. Now, I'm willing to stipulate that that just says he'll fall out of the top 25 picks. Um, and who's fall out of the top 25. William Knight says, takes it a step further. Richardson will slip out of the first round entirely. So he also references Malik Willis last year. How, yeah. You know, everyone was like close to the draft. He was getting number two overall, the Lions. Yeah. Even <clears throat> those people who are sort of out on their own, a lot of people had him late first. And then he ends up sliding all the way to the third round and looks like the NFL was right on that. Yeah, this is interesting because if Richardson does fall, all those teams that have multiple picks, like the Lions, what about the Eagles playing around with that mm-hmm. before they get into Yeah, I don't think they would, but the teams that have the multiple picks and everything and can take a shot on an Anthony Richardson, maybe they're the team. Maybe it is the Bucks at 19, as someone predicted in the chat. So um, I think these are good. These are bold picks based off what we know right now. A lot of people mocking Anthony Richardson at 10. You just put him at 1. So it is a bold prediction here. Yeah, I mean, I think acceptable. We, yes, I think we accept both of those. Um, we, we've <clears throat> we've talked about it before already on the podcast, but I think there is a notable difference between Richardson and Malik Willis in terms of ability, even as a passer, especially as a, an athlete generally. Like, it's a good, it's a it's an important point to make that look. We thought based off quarterbacks always go high, they always go early. A lot of last year, the Malik Willis talk was sort of driven off. Look, this quarterback class stinks, and yet somebody's going to take a chance on a quarterback. You know, it ended up being Pittsburgh at number 20. They went with Kenny Pickett. But the idea was teams need a quarterback. you got to draft somebody. Even in a crappy class, someone's going to get pushed into the first round. It's different this year where you're saying there are quarterbacks available. You know, you don't need to go crazy. You don't need to sort of reach and push these guys forward. We're, we're looking at these quarterbacks, I think, and already agreeing that these are first-round caliber players for the most part. It's not a case of, look, absent of any all options at quarterback, somebody is going to push one of these guys into the first round. Um, and I think that Richardson is way more developed as a reader of defenses, as a guy that can work through progression than Malik Willis is. So it's a good comp to bring up, or it's an important sort of name to reference, but I think there are notable differences. Yeah, that's all fair. So was, was that it on the from a Richardson standpoint? Yeah, there's only a couple of them. All right, what else we got here? Uh, Similar, actually, the Dane Worthington one here? Yeah, so there's a lot of sort of general quarterback conversation ones. Um, Dane Worthington says only two quarterbacks will go in the top ten, and he also thinks that he, during the fan experience at the, the draft, is going to beat my 5-3-3-40 time. Wow. I mean, I know nothing about Dane's uh, athletic profile here to right, comment on that. But now, first of all, I'm going to need to see video evidence of that before I'm, I'm not taking somebody's word for it that they need, can yeah, so smoke me. I need, I need video evidence, it. and then only two quarterbacks go in the top. Yes, three. and you only it's only a win if both those things happen. I'm not the, the two quarterbacks thing is irrelevant if he doesn't beat five three three with a verified video time. I see. I noticed a bunch of these. Uh, these types of 
predictions as well. The Panthers at one, the Texans at two, and the Colts at four. Mm -hmm. Those teams almost certainly have to draft quarterbacks, right? That's why we keep mocking quarterbacks to them. Of course, there's other wild cards like Seattle at five or the Raiders or the, the Falcons, right? In the top 10, there are other wild cards. Well, but those, like, if one of those three teams, and I've seen other things along those lines, like the Colts and Texans, one of them won't draft a quarterback or whatever. It yeah, is. we'll go through them all, all the varieties on this, in this list now. Okay. <clears throat> um, but those are interesting takes that I'm not, like, I'm not buying, right? I think they're, they are going to take quarterbacks, but. If if my my feelings about Richardson falling or Levis falling, like they're only going to fall if one of those teams ends up passing, right? You see, I can kind of buy this because you know we talk. I talk about this class as a big four group of quarterbacks. I reason I like all four of them to a reasonable degree. Not it's not quite like it was when um, you know the, the the Trevor Lawrence year. I liked all five of those quarterbacks, and I thought they were pretty closely matched. I I like. The four big quarterbacks in this class, I'm less high on C.J. Stroud, but I'm, I'm kind of warming to him as the process goes on. Like, I can see an argument for all four of these guys. But their strengths and weaknesses are so wildly different that everybody is not going to be in that bucket. Like, if, you, if you're one of these people that just hates small quarterbacks, you're immediately out on Bryce Young. Like, you're not going to think he's a top quarterback. You're going to think this guy's a marginal prospect. Maybe we take him in the second and hope he turns into Drew Brees or Russell Wilson or whatever. But like, I'm not risking a top five pick on that. Or if you look at CJ Stroud's play under pressure and think that's a terminal problem, that's not getting fixed, regardless of one amazing game against Georgia. Um, or the Levis thing. You look at that and you go, I mean, he's got a great arm and he's, he's got a cannon, but we've already seen he can't raise the level of everybody around him. I'm out. I don't want that. Um, or Richardson. Too big a project, no experience, I'm out. So I can easily see a scenario where multiple NFL teams, albeit in a different order, are looking at this draft not as a big four quarterback, but as there's two guys or there's one guy. Like reports were out there in Burt Breer's MMQB, I think, that the Texans were really interested in trading to one. They kind of had a deal in place with Chicago and then uh, cooled on it. Carolina jumped them and blah, blah, blah. And they're sort of saying... They'd love to get Bryce Young, but if Bryce Young's gone, if Carolina takes him, they might not take a quarterback. The market has now shifted to Bryce Young. Right. Bryce Young is now the favorite to go number one overall. It was previously C.J. Stroud. It's now Bryce Young. But my point being, depending on how you weigh and view the strengths and weaknesses of these quarterbacks, I can absolutely see scenarios where these teams at the top who desperately need quarterbacks – simply don't view the remaining guys as options. They're like, look, yes, we need a starter. This guy's not a starter. Therefore, drafting him does us no good, you know? So I think it's plausible, like all of these. You want to, let's run through them all, right? Dane Worthington, only two quarterbacks in the top 10 and the 5-3-3 thing. Bold. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sam from Wales uh, says three quarterbacks will go in the top five and none of the three will be Bryce Young. Wow, Bryce Young is the faller mm-hmm. right there. Uh, Bold. Spencer Schreiner says the Colts will trade back and roll with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. So that's a that's team. That's really bold. That's Because people have said trade back and get Hendon Hooker. Yeah. But so by the way, there's a lot of Hendon Hooker smoke in the first round. And now. a lot of bets here. So in, in a lot of the bets saying number of first-round quarterbacks and all that stuff, are they doing that based off we're expecting four? And they're saying, oh, yeah. we're going to be bold. There's only three. Hendon Hooker really could be one of those guys in this mix here. Kyle Waite says, jumps on the Burt Breer thing and says Houston will pass on a quarterback at two. 
Um, Jack Smith says by uh, oh Bryce Young by idiot. Uh, Bryce Young will be quarterback number four drafted, and it will be outside the top five, and it'll be by Tennessee. I'm happy to take that without the Tennessee part. That's getting very specific, but essentially Bryce Young will be the faller. Will get taken outside the top five again. I think that's all the quarterback ones. Those are interesting to me because obviously you and I have come to the conclusion that Bryce Young is the best quarterback. And, you know, would a team like Atlanta at eight, if if Bryce Young is their top quarterback for whatever reason, and he just doesn't go one or two, right? If if, if he does fall, does, does he be, become the guy that teams end up trading up for or whatever it might be? A lot of what ifs, a lot of uh, potential what but ifs like, here. As much as, again, like I, I entirely um... – by I, we think that Bryce Young is the, the best quarterback prospect in this draft. I have zero trouble believing still that there are NFL teams that will look at him, again, being my size. Like at some point, they they went, they watched all these guys in person, right? They stood next to them. Frank Reich, and maybe you know, reports are, and the, the betting market is moving towards Bryce Young. But like I would have zero trouble believing that Frank Reich, a former quarterback in his own right, and therefore a large human being, stood next to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud and then Bryce Young and went, no, no, it just can't happen. Cannot get it done at that size. Not going to work. So I, as much as I think Young is the best quarterback, I just have no trouble believing that there are enough NFL teams that, that think that way or that simply will get suckered into that based off looking at him to go, I'm not taking that risk. So that's uh... – is that it for all those? I think that's all the quarterback, quarterback specific ones. ones. Um, but you know, my I, my transcription was not done with the the concept of control F in mind. Therefore, there might be things written in a in a silly way that causes us problems. We'll get to it. We'll get to it yeah. if we need to. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, so we're taking all of those, right? Except yeah, I think all, all except it. I mean, so at the end of the day, like, how many of these things do you hit? They are all pretty bold relative to what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, five hit or three hit or, you know, it might only be one or two. I mean, these are all bold takes. I want somebody to give me, like, the random safety that gets drafted in the first round. Yeah. Right? Those, Who's those the Terrell Edmonds? There's always a, a that, random safety. That's an, I, will, I will read those emails. If somebody from now on starts throwing us in some emails, give us the random name that nobody's anticipating. I think I saw a Cedric Tillman first round thing, which is becoming yeah. – that's a thing. Like people are talking about that a bit these days. But if somebody like, give me the random guy that nobody is predicting for the first round that goes, there's a couple of those in here. Yeah, I think those are acceptable. We should we should take these all the way up till. The you're draft. saying that because I'm the one looking through the yeah. email box. Yeah, yeah. you're you're mining. Uh-huh. You're mining for the for the right email. All right, Matt Anderson says the Texans will take Nolan Smith at number twelve. Ed I, Rusher from Georgia. So I like that as a as a prediction. Um, I did a little exercise with our friend Steph Stradley, mm-hmm. a Houston Texan super fan, does some writing yep. over there, Houston Chronicle, and she grabbed myself, Dane Brugler, who's going to be on the show with us on Thursday, and Who a few other. Released his million word behemoth. He, the Beast is Alive uh-huh. over at the, at the Athletic. Go check it out, the uh, Dane's draft guide. But she gave us a question what's, the, what's your best case scenario for the Texans at 2 and 12? I actually wrote my best case scenario is Bryce Young at two, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12, which is exactly what you did mm-hmm. in your mock draft. And then Dane, his answer was Bryce Young at two and then Nolan Smith at 12 for the Texans. That was his best case scenario. And we, she was also asking us to kind of predict 
you know, Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryan's types of players, and it was, you know, high character, you know, just good, solid, strong players. I think Nolan Smith fits the bill maybe for the Texans. So it's uh, it's specific, but I think it's, um, you know, this is acceptable. It's a very specific prediction, and if it comes true, absolutely, that's worth the PFF+. plus. Yep. Okay. We, uh, we will accept Matt Anderson's uh, bet. All right. It's running back time. Ethan Woody. Uh, yeah, this is the first Bijan one. Bijan, his take is Bijan will be drafted top 15 and then by a team that trades up. So not just going to the top half of the first round, but by a team trading up to do it, which would be like sacrilege to the PFF people, you know? Yeah. Taking a running back in the top half of the first round is already out there. Trading up to do it would have Timo, PFF, Moo, brain would explode. There would be all kinds of, you know, German abuse on the Twitter line. At these people, we would get uh, we would get some monologues. <laughs> we would get some live on the show monologues. I'm sure we from would. certain people. Yeah. Uh, okay, so other Bijan ones in here. Uh, Matt Colcott says the Eagles won't pass on Bijan Robinson. Uh, now when? So that means that means at, at any point they will never not pick Bijan Robinson. Whether it's ten, whether it's after a trade down. Hmm. Yeah, I don't right. remember That's at any point. Let me find out if I can find this email. I don't know if it was that specific. Uh, he also offered us something in the way of coffee, and therefore his bet. Accepted. It's immediately accepted. Ah, so this was a longer email, which is why I chopped it down like that. Outside the top 10, or inside, they won't pass at him in their first shot, essentially. Okay. Basically, talks about how, yeah. For no chance, no chance that Bijan goes below 10 to the Eagles. So that's his floor, is that first pick that the Eagles have. Yeah, I mean, that is that is pretty bold. He offered us Clatch Coffee, which apparently is the best in the world. So I'm in. I'm willing to test that out, test the theory, <laughs> for sure. Uh, one more Bijan one. And there were a load of Bijan ones, by the way. And a lot of them were the same. So, yeah. Uh, Aaron Williams says Bijan at 8 to Atlanta. That was quite a popular one as well. A lot of people had that pick. And this was another one with coffee involved, and therefore his name may have may have got bumped to the top. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like all the times you've been surprised in the past, right? And yeah. we get into this headspace of we only see a couple of real draft boards. I like to look at the consensus board now, along with the PFF board. We both have our own opinions on players. You definitely get into this headspace of like, here's I'm I'm, I'm going to paint a picture, which is really only in our minds, right? Well, and on. then other stuff happens. So first of first of all. Where where is the chalk spot for for Bijan right now? Because depending on the fan base you listen to, it's like, oh, there's no way he gets past the you know the, the Lions. There's no way he gets past the whatever. I've seen half a dozen of them. Like, where is his actual? This is where everybody's expecting him to go. Spot. I could see him getting picked at fifteen ish. Because I could see that being. Because I'm trying okay. to think like when was the last running back taken reasonably high that actually surprised people. Like, people knew the Giants were probably going to take Saquon at two, despite everybody, despite everybody shouting at them. Or it could have been see, uh, Edwards Hilaire to the Chiefs. Was that surprising? That was the surprising. The I thought round? Travis Etienne was surprising to Jacksonville. Najee, people thought that was going to happen. Najee was not surprising. A lot of people had him going to the Steelers, or Zeke at Elliott. least by, or like the Bills or the Bucks at yeah. the end of the first. Zeke Elliott, people expected to go in that kind of range. Maybe, like, people were sort of shouting at Dallas for passing on Ramsey to do it, but it was expected. So... That was years ago, too. By yeah, yeah. That but, like, my, my point being, like, when, what would the first spot be where it would actually be surprising for Bijan to go? I mean, I think 10 to the Eagles would be surprising. 
I would be surprised if either of the Atlanta at eight or the Eagles at 10 happened. Anything beyond that, I can kind of see. Yeah. So this is, so let's talk about the Bijan stuff for a minute here. Um, again, I've got this, just the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. right? And this is, this is kind of like how teams operate, right? You've got this horizontal board. I, th- these are the players I would take in the top five, top 10, first round, and then you go. And we've mentioned a ton of times there's only X amount of blue chip players in this draft. That happens every year. Uh, Peter King's already doing the whole, there's only 15 first round grades. That stuff, you hear that every year. But that's where everybody's going to have a first round grade on B. B. John Robinson, right? And we've, this is, goes back to our Rick Spielman discussion and all that stuff. Where does positional value come in? There's never going to be this rule and edict for the all 32 NFL teams where they all say, we shall never, thou shalt never draft a running back in the first round. Right. There'll be a few teams who are like, ah, you know, we love Bijan Robinson, but we're not doing it. We're going to reshuffle, reshuffle our board. A few teams will do that. But other teams are going to say, what are my alternatives? I'm looking at this. Do I want to take the corner that I have as an above average player or do I want to take the blue chip, right? So th- it just takes one team to make the pick. And the more I think about it, all of these Bijan predictions, I don't know about the trade up or whatever, but like him going in the top 15, it's not crazy. It'll probably happen. I don't do it in my mock drafts because I wouldn't. You don't maybe do it. You, you're okay with it. Maybe back in, back half of the first, fine. I could see it happening. I could see all this happening. So they're bold, but and they're specific, some of the Bijan ones that we got, but absolutely, I could see this thing happening. I think they're possible. I'd be surprised if he went inside the top 10. Anywhere in the middle of the first round, in large part because of what we talked about. Like, it's not it's not a strong first round. I, I haven't done it every year where you do that. I have 17 first-round grades this year, blah, blah, blah. But, like, this year it feels like there's, like, 20. There's about 20 first-round grades, period. So anybody picking after 20 is, by definition, selecting a player that they have a second-round grade on or trying to trade the hell out of the first round. So if you're stuck in one of those positions, there's no trade offer on the table, you have to pick – I mean, the deeper you get into that, the harder it is to pass on a guy like Bijan Robinson, who, as you said, everybody is going to have a first-round grade on it. One of your 20 is Bijan. So if you're picking after 20, I mean, even, even the most sort of ardent running, anti-running back person is getting more, it's getting more difficult for that guy to defend passing on Bijan the deeper into the first round you go. And in the middle of that first round, I think there's, if you're not one of these teams that sort of needs a specific position where the value is, which is probably tackle, cornerback, maybe edge rusher at those spots, like those kind of three spots. If you don't need one of those and you're sitting in that spot and nobody's trading, like Bijan's going to be sitting there like, yeah, it's up. And and why do teams trade up, right? Because they take their horizontal board and they say, I've only got one player at this tier left and I have several players at the next tier. Right. Right, And then it's like, okay, what am I going to give up? I'm going to give up a third rounder or a fourth rounder. And so I'm going to get one. I'm going to lose a, you know, one lower level lottery ticket to go get the one player in, left in this tier. So that's like the, the, the Jets just last year traded up for Brees Hall in the second. Right now it was uh, their fourth pick of the draft. Right, So it was lower risk, the fourth pick for the Jets right. in the second round. They already had three first rounders. So it's less egregious. But we're just one year removed. And uh, Javante Williams, the Broncos traded up for Javante Williams running back two years ago. Teams are still willing to trade up for a running back, and they're doing it because they think this is the top guy remaining. They don't treat the running back position differently than others. So it's all, uh, it's all possibly in play here. 
all yeah though i think it's more explainable to sort of trade up in the second round or whatever where it costs less you know i think that's a more difficult thing to swing if you're in the middle of the first round i get it all i'm saying is like from a pff perspective you're right like we're gonna say this is this is an egregious move this 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 never should happen uh, but I think it's these are all possible. Mm-hmm. They're all so possible. all Bijan, uh, all Bijan predictions accepted. All right. So Eagles won't pass on Bijan. He goes top fifteen. He goes to eight to the Falcons. A lot of good predictions in there. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Uh, Tristan Lamp, Lampy, uh, says this is a popular team for bets but i think i've only maybe done one or two of them uh no way that green bay drafts a skill position player on offense in the first round so all this dalton kincaid at 15 all this wide receiver jackson smith and jigba whatever it is no way not going to happen they're going to continue their plan of (laughs) outright refusal to add offensive weapons in the first round yeah there was a lot of i've been you know i've been watching green bay since uh since Super Bowl one, and I've been, I know how they operate, and they don't draft. We're not drafting the next Bubba Franks in the first round. It's, I've graded Super Bowl one. You did grade Super did Bowl one. You know that, like, uh, the thing people would always say back in the day when you're sort of using the TV copy, like, ah, you can't see anything with TV copy those guys got. Like, when, when you're in full HD with the 1080, you know, aspect ratio, you can see quite far in terms of routes and yeah. how things develop down the field. When you're using Super Bowl one aspect ratio, Guy takes three steps and he's off the screen and never comes back. Yeah. Like, I, no clue. There was one touchdown in Super Bowl one, as an aside, where guy runs, runs a post, and a middle of the field safety that was there at the start of the play was no longer there, never came back and shot, and I have no clue what happened to him. None. Did you just give him a minus one? I call? did, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it, he, he should have been there. I don't know what happened to him, but. It's like single high man coverage, and this the middle of the field safety never came into the shot. Well, he had two coverages back then too, right? Right. It was like cover so, one, cover three. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, where a guy literally just disappears from the play and never resurfaces. They even have cover two back then? That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that was back when they had to block people with elbows. It was insane. Yeah. Like the offensive line who, drops back. and Who like, was the star of the game? He was a Hall of Famer. You were like, all right, maybe the Henry... Cannon. Yeah, Buck Buchanan was there, but he wasn't as good as Henry Jordan, who was turns out was a Hall of Famer and was by far the best player in that game, and I had never heard of him before that. Good job, Hall of Fame voters. Yeah. All right, so um, anyway, there's some Green Bay fans who were like, we never do this. We don't, we don't draft skill position players. Uh, another person was very specifically adamant it will not be Dalton Kincaid yes. or a tight end. I mean, I, I generally steered away from the, like, Team X will absolutely not draft player Y on the basis that, like, the chances that they will are way smaller than the chances that they won't. So it just it's not a good bet. This one's tough to accept too. Like no way Green Bay drafts. Um, I'd be okay with that. I think a skill position player. So it basically means they're not going to draft a wide receiver or a tight end with their first round pick. Definitely still slanted in his favor. What are the odds here though? Like who, which which at fifteen? Which position player? Which well, all, skill position? Maybe players could all they wide take? receivers are in play at that point. Maybe one goes to twelve to Houston, but 
there's a reasonable chance okay, that so all a, of the wide receivers will be available. Yeah, but we're already getting word that only Jackson Smith and Jigba's valued right. in the first round around the league. There's also a reasonable chance that all the tight ends will be available. That you'll have a choice of Kincaid, Mayer, whoever else you want to put in there as well. Like you can argue definitely that there's a bigger chance that they won't than they will. Fine. But they this would is, need as an active need to pass on every single one of those players. This is the easy you know, this is an easy one. Did you take the one uh, somebody said the Green Bay will draft an edge defender? This is the only Green and Bay. And rightfully one that so. I, I've taken. So that one came in as yeah. well. All right. Is that it for that? So and we, again, the, the can, other person that said they won't draft Dalton Kincaid, I mean that's we can turn it down if you want. No, that's fine. I don't mind. Okay. Accepted. Accepted. Uh, do you want to run through all the wide receiver ones? There are quite a few of those with, yeah. with all these reports. If you, that, can, uh, if you can do it efficiently. I mean, that's a different question. Let's stay on task here. Okay. Uh, Zay Flowers drafted wide receiver one. I see that one. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, ooh, Colson Schaefer. Thank you. Uh, Zay, yeah. Zay Flowers drafted wide receiver one. The first guy off the board. Um, Is that Chris Sims? Is that his? Uh, burner. Burner, burner yeah. email. Uh, Liam McCollum says Josh Downs will be the second wide receiver drafted. Uh, he's already a subscriber, so you'll need to. That might be a, a laminated Hari board gift or something for him. You send a hat or something? Uh, yeah, whatever, something. Uh, Cole Niles says Dalton Kincaid will be the first pass catcher off the board. I so liked that one. That's tight end cool. plus wide receiver. He's the first guy they'll get taken. But so you probably good. have to get above <coughs> Jackson, like him ahead yeah, of Jackson Smith. Effectively, yeah. right. And, you know, obviously ahead of the other wide receivers. Uh, Niall Wynn says only one wide receiver will be drafted in the first round. That's becoming quite a popular bet and or take right now. Uh, somebody called Lobo. The email didn't have an awful lot of information. More tight ends get taken in the first 32 picks than wide receivers. So that's a that's a good one. Yep. That uh, happened some, that, a couple of years ago. There was like four linebackers before there was two edges. Yeah. You know, it was just like random flow of the draft. And then David Green says more running backs will get taken in the first round than wide receivers. So a lot of people more jumping running on, backs than wide receivers. Yeah, a lot of people jumping on this idea of <laughs> teams hate this wide receiver class. I think those are fair. I mean, the fact that the the, the receiver class might be hated, but that's going to involve Bijan Robinson, of course, and then maybe like a Jameer Gibbs. Oh wait, there's a couple more player specific ones. Uh, Robert Jimenez, Jimenez, whatever. Jordan Addison falls out of the first round, so that's my guy, my wide receiver number one. Do I you did. accept that? I, I yeah, I think there's an eminent chance it happens. I could see that being. That's like 50-50 to me. Right. Jordan Addison. Dylan, right. Dylan Leslie says Trey Palmer, the speedster from Nebraska, will be drafted above Jalen Hyatt. Wow. That one's, that one's spicy. So that's bold, that, that's bold right? Again, I, I, don't think any, I don't think it's crazy to think because the Jalen Hyatt evaluations are going to be all over the place and Trey Palmer's faster. That feels pretty crazy. It's aggressive. I mean, it's very aggressive and bold. You want to read my notes on Trey Palmer? I liked my – that was one of my favorite uh, notes as I went along. Yes. Where is he? He's. I have to scroll down quite Where do you keep your notes? To... Document. Why wouldn't you add them to my Trello board? For, because that's uh, faff that I don't want any part of. If, I've already told you. If you or one of your one of your staff would like to add my notes to your Trello board – by all means, I like. I I'm like just reading not your doing notes. it. I like reading your notes. Uh, real speed, elite forty, track number, tracking number, blah blah. blah. Uh, plays like he has T Rex arms. Everything is caught into his body. Like the object of the game is to catch with his hands as close to his frame as possible. Which actually, for a wide receiver, it's like the exact opposite of the the desire, the aim of the game. This is Trey Palmer. Yeah, from, you want to be you know as away yeah. from your frame as much as possible. He's like trying to catch it as close to his body as humanly possible. Wow. But he's got 
crazy speed. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah. So that's uh, Dylan Leslie, very bold, saying Trey Palmer will be drafted ahead of Jalen Hyatt. Uh-huh. That's accepted, definitely. Okay. Did you accept all the other ones? I mean, I haven't officially. We just run through them. You want to talk about any of them? Or just, you said only just accept them all? Josh Downs is the second wide receiver drafted. That's pretty That's pretty. That is very bold. Um, again, let's assume Jackson Smith and Jacob is first. Well, this is the kind of defining, the, the anchor point that all of these takes effectively, except the Zay Flowers one, is hanging on, right? Is that this report that affect, that everybody thinks Jackson Smith and Jacob is the only wide receiver in this class with a first-round grade. That's essentially the, the point everybody's latching on to. Therefore, he's probably the guy that goes first. After that, all bets are off. Maybe there's no wide receiver gets taken in the first round after that. Maybe Josh Downs or anybody is the second wide receiver taken because nobody has any kind of take whatsoever at that point. So, I mean, I think it's reasonable. I, I can see entirely why teams would think that. I also think that much like we, and this is not helping my case, but like we were arguing last year that because of the value and the nature of the position, people are going to get pushed up. I would be surprised if anything less than three wide receivers were taken in the first round simply because you need wide receivers. And so you think, so what about Downs being the second guy here? I like Downs a lot. I'd still be very surprised if he is the second wide receiver off the board. I struggle to justify taking him above a couple of guys that are available. That's where the flavor thing comes in, right? He's undersized, but he's bigger than Tank Dell. He's better. He's stronger at the catch point than Zay Flowers and Tank Dell. I mean, you have to he's not really, as good after the catch. You, you have you, to. You have to talk yourself into like he's Tyler Lockett. I don't think you. I think that I would look at it the other way. I think you have to really dislike the flaws on guys like Quinton Johnston and Jordan Addison to say that that Josh Downs should be the second guy off the board. Yeah, I wonder. If, is there a trend? Remember that there was a few years where. Not it was Detroit drafting all like the huge receivers. Yeah. College was just churning out six foot three, six foot four huge receivers. Uh, Charles Rogers and uh, Mike Williams and uh, Calvin Johnson, of course. Um, who's the other line? Uh, Roy Williams. Mm-hmm. There was a and Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, there was a ton of those guys. Yeah, they went sequentially three years in a row. Uh, Charles Rogers, Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, Mike Williams. Yes, in that order, I think. Was it Mike Williams? No, they went. They didn't get Mike Williams. They got they got Mike Williams. Calvin Johnson as the. Oh, did they? Yeah. And then they then they went back with Calvin Johnson. Yeah, a couple of years later. And they finally hit. Yeah. They finally like really hit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, do does the NFL not value the six four guy as much? I know you've got like a T Higgins around the league, but all the best receivers are you know Jamar Chases, Justin Jeffersons, Tyree Kills. I mean, you've got all these other guys. I just, Stephon Diggs. They're just hey, these are the best route runners. Does Quentin Johnston feel better 10 to 15 years ago or 10 years ago when bigger guys were just a little bit more common? Yeah, I don't know if it's going in that direction that, um, that the league is sort of specifically pivoting away from those bigger guys. I think a couple of things are happening. Number one, the smaller guys are becoming less of a problem. Like you can still be really good yeah. as an undersized player in a way that I think was much more difficult previously. Space game, baby. Number two, in this specific draft, I think the bigger guys are just worse. I, I think that's what we're looking at. Like the guy, when you get beyond the top five, top eight wide receivers in this class, you suddenly run into a world of these guys that are much bigger. My, you know, my guy Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, uh, this, Michael Wilson. Like you, start, you hit that group where they're all like six two, two ten. Um, they're just not 
the best guys in this class. So I don't think we've reached a point where like bigger wide receivers are no longer as valuable as they once was. Like AJ Brown, huge, comes into the Eagles, completely transforms that offense. Like if you're a legit big guy, you're still legit. Dwayne Jarrett was mentioned in the uh, chat here. Wow. Remember he came in, he was the next Mike Williams, USC Mike Williams. Mm. Uh Joey asks, was Mike Williams the dude who ate himself out of the league? Yes. Maybe he actually but he was. got back in. Maybe he actually was the next Mike Williams, and that was the problem. That might have been the problem. But there was, there was definitely uh, Reggie Williams from uh, Washington and then, you know, Jaguars. Um, had like one – he had one good year, Reggie. I always say, nobody celebrated a three-yard catch like Reggie Williams. Uh, we, we did confirm, by the way, before the, uh, the pod started that there was no bet in officially from Walt, I believe. No, Walt – Walt talks a big game in the chat. Got a lot of takes. Didn't get a bet in. Didn't get an email. I don't think. Maybe he didn't have time. I mean, maybe. It's possible. He only has, a, he only has two hours a day to hang out in the chat. But uh, would love to hear from Walt what his, uh, what his strongest take is so that we can. So we're accepting. Back. What about this? I mean, yes, we're accepting all of these wide receiver ones. Uh, what about Zay Flowers as the first wide receiver drafted? I accept that. That's bold. No, no, no I'm, I mean. Oh, yeah. We're accepting all of them. I'm just saying. Oh, okay, yeah. What, oh, what are your thoughts on it? Yes. Because that one is out there. I always say receivers like a flavor thing and everything, but I, I'm always starting to see this every single position. Yesterday was uh, was hot for hot edge takes, right? People are uh, well, it's Chris because Chris, Chris Sims put out his rankings. Chris Sims put out his <laughs> rankings, so it was like Will Anderson number five. Yeah, um, that's not In usually tier three, three tier three. Um, Pete Prisco, our friend. Uh, tweeted, I don't think Will Anderson is Von Miller. It's like, okay, fine. That's I not mean, a hot take. I mean, no, but he's saying, Miller. I don't think he has the same juice, you know, to be this this high end guy. Honestly, it was the same thing we said about Aiden Hutchinson last year, but it was still like we've oh, also Hutchinson's said it about Will Anderson. Player. Like it's not we've said it about Will Anderson. It's yeah, like they're it's, still the best player, right? They're still the safest. This guy might not be player. a Hall of Famer. But, all right, that's yeah. pro- that should probably be your baseline expectation in any given draft. Is and that the player you're talking about is not one of the greatest players to ever play the game? And that's fair. Um, so wide receiver is more of a which flavor do you do you prefer type of position more than others, and so say is a completely different flavor from Jackson Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison and Josh Downs, right? Like Zay's completely different from all those guys. Small, quick, some speed, but he's he's a quick space player. Um, that people like you could find enough plays on film where it's like, man, he goes up and gets it even though he doesn't do it at a yeah. high level, like often enough, there are some plays where it's like, dude, he can go up and get it. And so I, people could convince themselves that Zay Flowers is the best receiver. It's another, um, it's another example where, you know, I, particularly in this wide receiver class, like I can, I can be persuaded by a case for an awful lot of players in a variety of different ways um, for good and bad, right? So we are both a lot lower on Zay Flowers than I think the general consensus is. And that consensus is pretty widespread on Zay Flowers. Like it, his, the range of, of kind of takes on Zay Flowers, I think is as wide as any receiver in this draft class. But there's also people out there I've seen that have him as that number one receiver. That, I, can't, I can't see how you can get to that. I just, I don't. I get being a lot higher on him than I am. But I see people, multiple people actually, comp him to Antonio Brown and be like, this feels like Antonio Brown felt like when he came out. The movement, the blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, look, speaking, this doesn't help because I whiff bad on Antonio Brown, right? I watched him coming out and I'm like, there's no way that movement works when you're not playing for Central Michigan, right? He's, he's somehow not 
doing anything special, but it's always working against these guys when he's playing for Central Michigan. I'm like, not going to translate. So he's, when you get to the NFL, that abysmal workout is going to come to the fore, and the, the slick way of moving is just not going to work the same way. And then it did, and he's one of the greatest receivers on the field to ever play. So that doesn't help me feel great about my Zay Flowers take, but that's just like a very specific random example. Though. No, I know, but I've seen multiple people – like, that's the player comp they brought out. Like, he reminds me of Antonio Brown, the way he moves, blah, blah, blah. And you have to think that to get him to this. He's the best guy in this class. When did I, I used an Antonio Brown comp? I, I, <coughs> I went through a whole cycle of Jamar Chase comps. It started with a bigger Antonio Brown, as in just knows how to win at the catch point, just knows how to win. That was my, my Jamar Chase comp earlier. I tried to avoid Antonio Brown comps just because he was such a special receiver. Hmm. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, Zay, Zay, wide receiver one. We see other people agree. Other people see that. All right, now we get to the Hendon Hooker uh, takes. Uh, Eric Miller, Hendon Hooker slides to round three, which is exactly where he was projected to go months ago before this hype train got all, you know, choo-choo on our ass. Those are my words, not his. <clears throat> so that, that part does happen very, very often. There, uh, Mike Glennon was the first guy that came to mind. Every year, there's this guy, like a month before the draft process, it was usually uh, Gil Brandt. It would be like, always be like Gil Brandt. be like, teams are really hot on this guy. And it would be like Mike Glennon or Davis Webb, um, who was uh, Kevin Hogan. Kevin Hogan. I was searching. I, I swear he got first round. Like some, what? There was, I, there was like a tweet, even if it was just a tweet, like some teams like Kevin Hogan in the first round from Stanford. I couldn't find it recently, so it could have just been in my dreams. But <laughs> there are always mid-round quarterbacks who get uh, – Davis Mills got first-round hype. It's all yeah. Stanford quarterbacks. There was at least people who were like, Davis Mills could be a first-rounder. And we're all like, this is crazy. Mm. And then they end up in the third. They end up exactly where they should have been. Mike Glennon, third. Davis Webb was fourth or fifth, right? Um Maybe he's the th- I don't remember. He's a coach now. Um, Davis Mills was the third, and Glennon was the third. How many am I repeating? Um, someone else was the third. It just they end up where they were. So that's what whoever Eric Miller, he's saying. Hendon Hooker always a third round quarterback mm-hmm. ends up in the third. That's what he's saying. So the flip side of that is Adam Beach says Hendon Hooker goes in round one. That's becoming you know pretty common. Uh, Kenneth Carlson, our guy from Norway, who we already accepted before, uh, Hendon Hooker to Minnesota, guaranteed. Not, guaranteed. Not necessarily in round one, though. Things, you know, Just could, guaranteed. Happen, could happen in the second. Uh, so, yeah, there are, there are, the Hooker's stuff is all over the place. I accept all of them. Okay. I accept all of them. Hendon Hooker in the third is now bold because there's a lot of people saying he's first. Hendon Hooker in the first is also bold because— Based on his tape. Yeah, just because, I mean, it's— most people have four first-round quarterbacks. He'd likely be the fifth in that case. Yeah, I'm just fascinated by, again, every time we talk about the Hooker stuff, it's going to sound like I don't like Hendon Hooker because I'm kind of pushing back against this first-round stuff. But, like, it's not like he was bad. It's just that what he was doing is so completely divorced from an NFL offense that it's not applicable. It's not – you can't look at that and say, oh, therefore, he's going to be great in the NFL. Like, it's entirely projection, and it's projection in a different way than any of these, these other guys. You had that stat that his entire Tennessee career, he only had to go, like, off his first look, which is essentially an either-or, high-low, a route combination, you know, the crosses, and it's, like, left or right, just read one dude. It's, like, literally the simplest reads you can make on one half of the field, 
and he only had to go from one side to the other 15 times. He could have to do that 15 times in a game at the NFL level, and the initial read will be more sophisticated. So it's, it's completely, it's not the same thing. It's a different game. Uh, do you want to hear? So Tannenbaum did respond to me. I don't, I don't think he'll care. What's he responding to? Um, I asked him, what do you love about Hendon? Oh, okay. And he said, wow, I'm listening to you right now, yesterday's show. Um, but he says height. Okay. Throwing mechanics. Yeah. Led the nation in yards per attempt. Right, but that, but that last one. Eh, eh, I'm just giving you the answers. Impeccable character. Okay, so height, fine. Ticks that box. Uh, mechanics, again, fine. Cool. Uh, and the, the character thing. That might be the best point he has there. The led the nation in yards per attempt thing is like irrelevant. That's just a complete fabrication of that offense. That's not him. It's like it's it's not. It really is. Mike also. So you know he comes up. He was not high on Baker Mayfield, and that ended up being pretty correct, I guess. Sure. Um, he comes from the Bill Bill Parcells tree. They believe in you know bigger, stronger, faster, over bigger, bigger and stronger. Mostly, I think it was Parcells thing, right? So they had their their uh, you know height, weight parameters and things for for all positions including quarterback so that is often a starting point for Mike Tannenbaum he was also much higher on say Justin Herbert than Tua Tungavailoa at the time when a lot of us were flipped on that and felt like Justin Herbert was more of a an upside bet that was a little unsafe turned out Herbert was was pretty good there so it's an aggressive uh take by Mike Tannenbaum so we're gonna add him you know who uh to the chat here so two years ago you know the top the top two quarterbacks in leading the nation were at yards per attempt. Who were they? Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Well, there you go. So I don't know that that would be the best thing in the world. Three years ago, it was Malik Cunningham. He's uh, in this draft. Yeah. Not supposed to go high. Uh, Walt has a draft bet, but I also saw it. So you can't do both here. Uh, 2017, it was Baker Mayfield. You're just going to keep going back. I'm just saying that's a terrible, terrible way of measuring the quarterback's prospects. I'll tell him. With I'll the greatest him. of respects to Mike, like, this is my point. You can't – you have to separate him from the offense he's in. Like, that offense is an absolute cheat code at the college level, and he is cooking on gas within that offense. But that offense bears almost no resemblance to anything he's going to have to do at the NFL level. So all you can do is say, based off him executing this really sort of simple task – repeatedly very well how high it's an incomplete based off what we can expect at the nfl level so i did a uh, in the uk where i did my gcses which are like the mid-level school qualifications right i had a math teacher who decided that i was sufficiently crappy at math that i had to do like the intermediate level paper he literally would not let me do the higher level paper uh made me do the intermediate level at which point the highest grade you can attain, even if you get 100% on the test, is a B. It's like the, your, your, your test is sufficiently dumb that you cannot get an A on it. Like it's not possible because it's not, it's not as difficult as the guys doing the higher level paper. That's, paper. The, that's Tennessee off. Right. So if you get 100% in this test, you still get a B because that, that, it's, it's, it's dumb down for you, right? Hendon Hooker is running the intermediate level test. For college offense. We didn't know that when we hired you at PFF. That's, well, math, That's why we have a bad reputation. Maths wasn't a big part of the gig when I was hired. All right. So Walt has a, he, he has a draft bet, um, but he's got two on Hooker, and you, you can't have both, Walt. Um, this one's interesting, though. He says the Rams will take him at 36. That's pretty specific. Okay. 
But he also says he's going he's gonna to drop into the mid-second and the Raiders are going to trade up from 70 to get him. Those both, they, they, they can't both happen, Walt. You got to pick one, Rams or Raiders. Which one picks him in the second? Let us know, and we'll add that to the chat here. So, um, It's also calling you out for saying Sam doesn't think Hooker can learn the NFL offense. Again, well, it's not. It's not about – I don't want to answer it again. I don't want to answer it again. I will answer it one last time, and then I'm out. It's not about saying he cannot do these things. It's about saying we have no earthly idea if he can, if you're not, ask, if you're not in those rooms putting him on a whiteboard – and knowing from a theoretical point of view if he can do it. And then you need to see him like in practice putting it into effect on the field. It's not about saying he cannot do that. It's about saying we have no idea if he can do it. We have yeah. a good idea if C.J. Stroud, if Bryce Young, if Will Levis can do it because we've seen them. Richardson, it's more of a question mark because he just hasn't played enough. But like the, the point is the question mark. It's like he literally hasn't been asked to do one of the most important aspects of playing quarterback in the NFL, almost at all, which means there has to be a limit to how high you can push that guy up in the draft, even if he's big and has great arm mechanics and led the nation in yards per attempt and is a great guy. That's my only point in all this. All right, so we're, we're going to accept. I, I want to accept all the Hendon Hooker predictions here. Okay, round still, one, we need our, we need our Walt. He needs to pick Rams or, or Raiders. Rams or Raiders. Which team picks him in the second? Those are specific. That gets Walt on the board here. Mike will be on the board here. That Hendon Hooker will have to come back in a couple of years. Fire over a PFF plus if Hendon Hooker becomes the best uh, quarterback in this class. Mm -hmm. um, did we accept Jordan Addison falling out of the first round? I think we accepted all the wide receiver ones. So the, the, Our guy I in the chat here, David Mumbauer, I can't edit this. You can. uh, says that Tanner McKee, Renner's guy, we one of the first five quarterbacks picked in the draft. I'm willing to take that. Yeah, throw it on the board. Yeah. Let's do that on behalf of Mike as well. Been pushing that for a couple of years Mike now. Mike doesn't get a free account. Mike will not get a free account. Probably give it away anyway. All right. <clears throat> what else do we have here? What's next? Vishnu is back. I see Vishnu's back. Mm -hmm. uh, saying Brian Branch is going to fall out of round one despite being a model guy. Yes. That is absolutely correct that he is a model guy you've uh okay where is he you the, jumped all the way down to vishnu the go. consensus draft board at safety if we call brian branch just a safety for now yep consensus draft board has him at 22 the next safety is jordan battle at 72 so basically a third rounder his teammate at alabama so the there's a chunk of safeties at 72 to 101 in the consensus board in that third round type of range so it's either Brian Branch falls out because everybody's like, safety class is trash. We don't want any of these guys. Or he goes in the first round because if you do need an impact player in the secondary, a safety, or the the best safety by a mile in this draft, you have to get Brian Branch in the first. Mm -hmm. I will accept that, but that's um, but that's what's happening there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm banking on there's only a handful of players that – are worthy of first-round consideration. and He's one of them, therefore he'll go in the first. So, yeah, acceptable. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Brian Branch is too good to, to really fall, in my opinion. TJ Wankert? Plus, it's a terrible, uh, a terrible safety group. What did you say? Wankert? Wankert? Where are you looking? Why? I'm on down uh, line 26 here. Yeah, why have you skipped ones? Everything are, else is accepted. higher. No, it isn't. Oh, go. Sorry. I uh, can't edit. I can't add yeses to things. Jesse, okay, Jesse Clauber 
says Keely Ringo, the Georgia cornerback, will go in the first round. He thinks that effectively the the boost that the Georgia defense gives all these guys is going to push Keely Ringo up into the first round. So I didn't realize this till yesterday, till I saw the my recent update of the consensus board. It was from last week. I'll have to check it again. Ringo is thirty on the consensus board right now. Okay. From what? So that is that's cornerback six. So right now it's uh, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, Cam Smith. I'm sorry, Keely Ringo, then Cam Smith. So he's fifth, sorry, on the on the consensus board right now. Um, we had him much lower in our cornerback rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could get why people would like him, right? Big and fast. I forget where I saw this, but somebody was making that argument yesterday. I assume it wasn't the same person that uh, – the collective performance of the Georgia defense over the last couple of years has effectively artificially inflated the individual stock of all the members from it. And none of the players... Except Nicole Dean. Yeah. None of the players from that defense are as good as they were billed, essentially. Trayvon Walker, number one overall, hasn't been good so far. Uh, Jordan Davis, whatever. Um, they were even arguing Jalen Carter isn't as good as he's being told. Quay about. Walker. Quay Devontae Walker. Devontae Wyatt. Right. So um, those were the four... Unless I'm missing something. The four Georgia... There was another linebacker taken as well, in addition well, to uh, Dean and Channing. Walker. Yes. Stri- Stribling? No, that's a different player. But he's in the... He was a third rounder, though. Yeah, but still... I'm just saying that last year, four Georgia first rounders. Trayvon Walker goes one. Thought that was way too high. Jordan Davis goes 13. Tyndall. Channing Tyndall. He might... I, I think he'll end up being good. Um, Jordan Davis goes 13 for... Uh, Defensive tackle that there are questions about him rushing the passer, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's not a common thing in the NFL these days to go that high. Uh, Quay Walker goes in the first. To me, looked like just a, a good, safe linebacker. He did not play great last year. Also got kicked out of two games. Yeah. And Devontae Wyatt took a little time to get on the field as a three technique for the Packers. So there's probably a case to be made that all of those guys underachieved in year one as rookies. And, you know, for whatever that's worth, they all went in the first round. Mm-hmm. And Nicobe Dean, we'll get to see him this year, yes, hopefully. Excited. As the guy who may have been the best pure football player on that it, 2021 Georgia team. Excited. So Keely Ringo, first round, we accept that somewhat bold take, even though the it's uh, kind of chalk against the consensus board here. Is yeah. that acceptable? I'm, I'm, no, I think so. I, I was surprised when you said that. I didn't think he'd be, uh, he'd be taken there. So now you can get to your uh, TJ. You're going to put a yes in the Jordan Addison falls out of the first round one? I can't edit. Uh, I don't have editing privileges here, uh, apparently. Where is that? Oh, yeah, there it is. It's up a little bit. So now, TJ Wingert says, Nolan Smith will get taken ahead of Tyree Wilson. Mm. Nolan Smith, another Georgia edge defender. Yep. Will he get elevated above Tyree Wilson? There were quite a few uh, Tyree Wilson emails and takes as well, so this is kind of curated. The, uh, the I guess, the top one, my favorite. Um, that would be pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I look, I've seen other people around the internet put Nolan Smith ahead of ahead of Tyree Wilson. I'm sure we saw that last year with Trayvon Walker. There's enough people that evaluate football players that understand the production element and understand it's not just about traits. It's like a it's a combination of both. Uh, I'm so let me add let me add my take to it. Okay. This will be my bull take. I'm going to buy into the fact do do we know if Tyree Wilson's going to work out? I believe the report was that he was supposed to do an individual workout at some point. I'm just going to predict he falls out of the top 15. That somebody that the teams don't buy into all of the hype. 
Okay. We'll, I'll just throw that. So we out had there. a couple more. We had, we already had uh, Matt Anderson saying that the Texans will draft Nolan Smith at twelve. Um, this was the other Nolan Smith take from T.J. Wenger that Nolan Smith will be taken before Tyree Wilson. And then we have one more from Joel Anderson that says uh, Tyree Wilson and Nolan uh, Smith will be taken number. That will be one two from edge rushers, which means Will Anderson, at best, will be the third edge rusher selected in the draft, which is a heading in the Chris Sims direction of Will Anderson uh, hate. Will Anderson will be the third edge at best? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is that is bold, man. I mean, look, this stuff started. Tyree Wilson, by the way, it's supposed to have some kind of mid-April. We're close. Yeah, Mid-April see, workout. You're right. You. Um, if he does, if Wilson does work out, if it is, if he does do all the movement drills and they check out, you know, maybe ends up going top 10. If he doesn't, I think there's enough uncertainty there maybe that he falls. The Will Anderson thing is interesting, right? Because, look, last year, Aiden Hutchinson had a bad rep against Jamari Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Bad rep. In a playoff game. And everybody saw it. Sawyer, who it turns out is quite good. Who turned out to be a pretty good pass-protecting left tackle yeah. for the Chargers. as a NFL center. left tackle. NFL right. left tackle. So Sawyer uh, pancaked Hutchinson to the ground, kind of. right. It was one of those leverage plays. Hutchinson's trying to fall back into the tackle, and Sawyer buries him. And there was a lot of, this is your, this is your number one overall pick? Did you see this play? Hmm. There was a play, famous play, in my mind. 2015, Joey Bosa is projected to be the number one overall pick other than quarterbacks. And he goes up against the number 314th rank, ranked offensive tackle in college football. Willie Beavers? Willie Beavers. <laughs> and Willie Beavers had this rep against Joey Bosa where he just swatted his hands and just buried him. The number 314th ranked offensive tackle who happened to play in the MAC, mm. and everybody thought was this great developmental tackle prospect, fourth rounder Willie Beavers, never sniffed the actual field in the NFL. No offense, but he played a lot he played a lot of practice squads. So one rep scouting, right? And you're starting to see like some really low sample size Will Anderson scouting. Well, he got shut down by Darnell Wright. He, you know, doesn't have the juice, doesn't have this or that. And the the moral of the story is Joey Bosa is awesome despite a bad rep against Willie Beavers. Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's awesome despite a bad rep against Jamari Sawyer. And I think Will Anderson is gonna be awesome despite, let's call it about ten pass rush reps against Darnell Wright where he got shut out. That's like a that's that's got to be a career highlight for Willie Beavers. It's oh, yeah. like the uh, I got to find it. You know the scene in uh, in Rounders where Matt Damon makes a run at Johnny Chan, like bluffs him on that one hand. He's like I just wanted it. to say I just wanted to say I bluffed Johnny Chan off a hand. Like I just wanted that one play that's or really- that one bet. That that's Willie Beavers. Willie Beavers can go to his grave saying I pancake Joey Bosa one time. Sure after that things didn't go so well or in fact before that but that one play, if he's got – the man needs to get the copy of the tape from somewhere. Like, I'm sure, you know, the, yeah. the college has got that in the archives. Like that, That's why you got drafted in the fourth, though. Those, Somebody saw um, that rep against Bosa. Right. Those, you know, the, the like, digital photo frames where yeah. they usually cycle through, like, your family pictures and stuff. He just needs the video of that just playing on loop constantly. This is me pancaking Joey Bosa. Um, the, the Will Anderson thing is interesting to me because I get entirely how – you can come to the conclusion that Will Anderson is not the sort of blue chip that he's being talked about as. I get being a little bit leery of him and sort of saying, look, forget Von Miller. That's like an unreasonable expectation as a starting point. But to even say 
he's not in the Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase, Young mold. He might not even be in the Aiden Hutchinson category. Maybe he's a step below that. I get that. What I don't understand is is sort of dropping him below, I mean, Tyree Wilson on his own, and then below Nolan Smith as well. And then if you're Chris Sims, dropping him below three more guys as well. Like, I understand saying, let's tap the brakes on saying just how good this guy is. From day one, you know, he, he got... He got kind of the defensive version of the Trevor Lawrence hype, where like day one from in his college career, it's like this dude is the guy. Like, look out, twenty twenty three draft, this guy's coming in a couple of years. And those guys, I think, tend to skate past the traditional like nitpicking time of the draft. It's like we've just determined from day one this guy's amazing, and that will remain intact all the way through the draft. And I think if you start to look and really poke holes in his game and his production and those kinds of things, you can question, does he really deserve that like true blue chip level evaluation? But I don't, so I get that. I think that's an entirely reasonable and maybe correct uh, viewpoint. I don't get how you make that leap from that to going, he's the third or fourth or fifth or sixth best edge rusher in this draft. I think that's just like overcompensating. It's like everyone else thinks he's the blue chip. He's not. I must push back and I must push back harder than the push that is to get him at this spot. <laughs> yeah. So he stinks. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I fight that with, with Tyree Wilson. I'm, I'm not trying to be like so, um, you know, like against the grain with yeah. Tyree Wilson. And, and that might seem hypocritical because some of our takes – are so contrary to other to like the the convention that people are going to say we're doing like I I don't think I'm doing that with Christian Gonzalez I I resisted the urge to put him even lower on my cornerback list because I went all right it's gone too far now even though I don't like him as a player from a sort of technical and actual on field performance the movement skills are so good that there becomes a point where you say I'm willing to take the gamble I think it's worth it. And I think the Tyree Wilson thing is similar. Like, I don't like him. I don't think he's got a good chance of working out. But at some point, you go, okay, I, I, this is where it's worth taking a shot. Um, just a little bit more on the Will Anderson point. I, I can understand some of the angst against him. So from a college football standpoint, back in 2021, it was about Will Anderson and Aiden Hutchinson, the two guys you're talking about. Everybody was saying, which guy would deserve the Heisman if we were going to give it to a defensive player? The stats said Will Anderson that year. Right. The PFF grade said Aiden Hutchinson. Um, the, so there was a point where we were kind of like, Will Anderson's not as good as the stats show, right? Maybe. Um, and last year, he wasn't as effective as a pass rusher. And if you look at the career for Will Anderson, it's not, he does not have an elite pass rushing performance yeah. against NFL prospects, uh, against when compared to NFL prospects. Right. 64th percentile pass rush grade. Uh, for, in college, among guys that have gone on to the NFL. Aiden Hutchinson was 90th percentile. Now, where Anderson is different, he has the very best or second best run defense grade of anybody. Hutchinson was in that boat. He was close. He was uh, 98th percentile. But we get 99th percentile for Will Anderson. So he's a very good prospect, a very good player. I can understand. I can understand why people might say, hey, maybe the pass rushing isn't special. Yeah. You add it to like when he did go up against Darnell Wright, potential first-round pick, it was ugly. But again, I think you compare – and then you could also say like Tyree Wilson, 
had a better pass rush win percentage just last year again than compared to Will Anderson. It was comparable as a pass rusher just last year. But the whole body of work for Will Anderson is still very, very good, even if it is a tier below the Boses, the Chase Youngs, the Miles Garretts, and even an Aiden Hutchinson. And Ben Stockwell, our you know, head of data, elite grader, you know, the guy that's sort of in charge of everything at PFF from a data point of view, I, I like getting his takes every now and again because he comes at it in a similar kind of fashion that I do, which is fresh eyes, having never watched these guys necessarily in college, dives in every now and again, you get his take. Ben had the same sort of initial reaction, not as strong as I had watching Quentin Johnston, which is, I've heard this guy's amazing. You put it on the tape and you're like, really? Is he, are we sure? And I, like my initial reaction was to ask Renner, like, are you really sure that this guy is amazing, Quentin Johnston? And Ben was the same. It's like, are we certain this guy is amazing? Like he wasn't saying he was bad. And I think that's a key differentiator, but his initial reaction was, I don't quite see what people are talking about in terms of like clear blue chip, one of the best players in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So I get wanting to tap the brakes on Anderson. I don't get he's going to be third, fourth, fifth edge rusher off the board. Agreed. Yeah. So like when uh, Pete Prisco says he's not Von Miller or Derek Thomas. Okay. Yeah, sure. Fair. Right. Uh, no one else is. And I think Anderson's the best and safest mm -hmm. of that group. But Nolan Smith being taken – did we do that one? Wenger. Uh, Nolan Smith being taken above Tyree Wilson. Except. Accepted. That's bold by, uh, by TJ. On uh, my rankings, I think I would, have no, I would have Nolan Smith higher than Tyree Wilson. Mm -hmm. I might end up having uh, – are we going to do that next week? We'll do edge rankings if we have time. Hopefully. Um, God willing, of course. Tyree Wilson might end up fifth. It's like a Kyle Shanahan thing. Yeah. Who knows I mean, if we're even going to be here next week? Who knows? Get I mean, by a bus tomorrow. We have a live draft show in a couple weeks. Yeah. You we'll say see. that. We'll see. Right. You don't know. Uh, what else do we have here, Sam? Jamie Davenport guarantees that the Tennessee Titans will trade up. Uh, he says it's going to be the number three for Anthony Richardson, but I'm, I'm willing to say, like, just the, this is the trade part. I think in round like, one. We have to add. It, yeah, yeah. In round one. Yeah. Not, like, sixth round trade up. Right. You win. Just the trade up in round one, I think, yeah. is worth it. Accepted. Accepted. Jamie guarantees it. Uh, I prefer, like, when you put guarantee... Guarantee or zero percent. I like those or zero percent as, as stipulations. Yeah. Those are the ones that that really, uh, yeah, I like to accept those. Uh, There's so many more emails right now. I know it's ridiculous. Ethan Giles, Kalijah Kansi falls out of the first round. Interesting. Um, again, I think um, where's the consensus board has him at 23. Okay, so that's not so it wouldn't take much crazy. Um, if we go back a couple months, I always reference Mel Kiper put him at 10 to the Eagles in one random mock draft. That felt crazy at the time because he's so small. He's six foot 280. Those guys have to be a special level of special, right? They have to be Aaron Donald or what Ed Oliver did in college yeah. to say, we're going we're gonna to forget about these positional requirements here. He's mm -hmm. six foot, six one, 280. That's okay. Cansey somehow, in our mind, I think got up into this top 10, top 15 bucket. I don't know if the rest of the NFL's caught onto that. No, I think that's, I, I think it's probably Did likely. Oh, you're just not plugging No, it. I just haven't plugged it in. I think it's probably likely that he is lower generally than we have him. But I, I, I still think it would be a, particularly, it's like the safety conversation, right? Branch is so much better than the general level of this class that he's probably going in the first round for that reason alone. I feel like the interior defensive line class is weak enough that 
after Jalen Carter, and there's probably some teams that don't have him on their board based off his offseason, Kalijah Kansi has to go in round one because you don't want to run the risk of not getting him. And then what have you? What are your alternatives at that point? Yeah, so I mean, I, I would accept this bet, but I don't think it's nuts. Same, yeah. There's a lot. There's still a lot of teams that are afraid yep. of taking those types of players. And the last one we've seen is Ed Oliver. And again, I think Oliver might be the fifth best defensive tackle from his draft class mm-hmm. from that year. Uh, so. Last one in the document as of now. Um, oh, sorry, no, two. There was one from our guy Sean, Sean Donahue. Uh, also, Dane in the chat is asking about the email. It's NFL Podcast. Yes, at pff.com. This was another Tyree Wilson one. Zero percent chance. Ticks our boxes. Yep. That he gets past Atlanta. So number eight. At eight. He says Arthur Smith is addicted to drafting large people, and Tyree Wilson, therefore, ticks the box there. <clears throat> so that's an interesting one. Remember last year, we did our wide receiver rankings. You and I both had the same top three. Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. I said Drake London was wide receiver four. You said he was wide receiver five. He was the first wide receiver off the board last year. Yep. Drake London went at eight. Was it eight last year? Same spot for Atlanta? Uh, I think he was eight. Garrett Wilson was 10. Did they draft eighth last year? Whatever. He was the first wide receiver off the board. Um, I don't hate Drake London. I think he's, I, I like him. He was a good player in year one. Was eight. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise for us, right? We thought that a couple other guys were better at receiver. You know, that was one of those recent NFL draft surprises. And that was Atlanta saying, yeah, we're going to be huge. We're going to have Kyle Pitts, Drake London. That's, that's a good one. I like that from mm-hmm. Sean Donahue there. Yep. They like big people, and maybe Tyree Wilson is their guy. Yeah, and then the last one that's officially on the board uh, with many more emails hitting the mailbox already Alex Montenegro says, <laughs> so despite the fact that our mocks were not predictive, he wants to make a bet that we will not nail a single pick between us in the last two mock drafts that we did. So our last Monday mocks, yours and then mine, between us combined, we will not have a single player team and spot correct. Wow. I was going to say that's bold, but... What was your number one? What was... I mean, I picked Bryce Young, number one. Okay, so, so that... I mean, that's now the favorite to work. Yeah. So you're... We start off At least well. get that one. I'm at least going to get the first guy right. Hopefully. I think. Maybe. After that, it's I mean, at least I'll actually... I'll give him this bet without my Bryce Young to Carolina prediction. Without? Yes. That might be the only thing we have going for us. I know, because I, I want... We weren't trying to be predictive, but I kind of like this bet. I want to. I want to see a play out. I, mean, I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want to be like, "Oh, Bryce Young to Carolina, you lose, Alex." I want to. I want to see a play out. But then I have Bryce Young to Houston, right? So, for this to work effectively, he's saying that Bryce Young won't go in the top two picks as well. Let's just take Bryce Young out of it and, out of and it. accept this. Yeah. So let's see some of that, my other. I think that hurts our chances a lot. That's all right. I mean. I'll do that if he puts coffee up on the line. No, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I had like Will Anderson at three to Arizona. That's pretty real. Devin Witherspoon at six to Detroit. That's a a pretty common one. Everything else. Okay. Skaronsky yeah, no, I like this bet. To the Bears. I like taking this bet, even though it wasn't intended to work that way. Joey I still Porter, think... the Patriots. I, I've got a lot that could hit here. I have a lot of crazy ones, too. Yeah. I like Nolan Smith to the Packers. That could happen. If we can't get a single one accidentally correct between two mock drafts that weren't intended to uh, predict the future, what are we even doing? I mean, once I get into the second half of the first round, though, I don't. You have Bijan to the Cowboys. He probably won't last that long, though. Yeah. Yeah, the second half of my mock, there's nothing predictive <laughs> there at all. I mean, that's going to be 
that's going to be rough. I just, I just, I'm interested in tracking this now. I think this is one of the most. This will be fun. That's that's a, in the draft. Appreciate it, Alex. That's mm-hmm. a good. It's a good bold take there. I don't even want to try to do a predictive mock. No. Oh, you got four right. Congrats. People were asking. You win the going. mock how, draft contest. How many Mondays we got left of the draft? Two. Just two, yeah. Uh. Um, and I think one of them is going to be. So I think next Monday should be the fan mock. Right. And then the following week. I believe we're going to try to get Chris on the show. Oh. Chris Collinsworth. The Collinsworth mock. And then if uh, if Renner shows up to work draft week, <laughs> whichever day he shows up, I think he should break down his mock with all of us. I'd, I'd like to join that show with Renner, break down his final mock the, going uh, into the week. Well, Chris is, it will be interesting because he's actually the most plugged-in insider source-related person that works at this company. True. You know, we tend to be specifically – not based off insider sources, whereas Chris talks to like owners and GMs and stuff, you know? Yes. So that he, be interesting. He had the famous, like at the first year that we really covered the draft um, all out, he had the famous, hey, uh, two quarterbacks are going to go one and two. Did he even predict the Rams trading up? So he was predicting quarterbacks are going to go one and two as the year Goff and Wentz went one and two. And I think he even predicted the Rams making the big trade to go. And uh, so Chris became famous for a little bit for his draft takes. <laughs> became famous. Yeah. He made a name for himself that mm. year. And then he kept trying to predict, I think, the top uh, three quarterbacks are going to go top three. And four are going to go top four. And hasn't panned out since. But that was a big uh, prediction he made. Yeah. We've had 10 emails come in just since we've been doing this. Um, the, the, the ones to, to get added to the sheet, though, I really like the idea of Shout out the one random name that nobody's talking about that's going to end up going in the first round. Who's this year's Cole Strange that the Rams think they can draft in the third round and then yeah, somebody yeah, goes yeah. off the reservation Cole and drafts Strange, him good in the one. 20s? Like we just got Parker Conrad just sent one in saying, uh, guarantee, those are good words too to catch my attention, yeah. guarantee New England trade down in the first and take a wide receiver with the pick. Hotter take, they reach for Cedric Tillman, the second coming of Nikhil Harry. Oof. So that's that's cold. That's good there. That's pretty good. But that's the type of takes we're looking for here. Yeah, it's interesting the uh, the strategies that people will try and employ to catch our eye with the email. Uh, somebody, I forget where it was. Somebody had a an email that was designed effectively to catch my eye by saying something like the ghost of Austin Gale. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Andrew Jordan. Yeah, hoping this subject line catches your attention. Whereas in reality, there's so many emails coming in that if the subject line doesn't have bet in the title i'm you almost certainly not reading it right now i read it i read the the i've read a lot of them but man did i skip a bunch too yeah i'm just saying that's that's the least likely way to catch my eye right now is to have anything other than draft bet in the titles in the subject line the inbox is loaded up I'll, i think we should still accept leading up to the draft we'll have some fun with this maybe we'll add a couple so everybody's going to tune into every show because you never know we can add like two or three per show and you, you have to tune in. Jud- judging by this fact that I have to scroll onto the third page, we have got well over 100 of these entries. Oh, yeah, I think we had 100 coming into the day. Coming into the day. We've got something in the region of like 125 based off how far into the, the mailbox I have to scroll. They want us to do a predictive mock. They do. People want that. I don't know why. People like that. I mean, there's I, a reason. I have people... an honest question for people, too. Especially for those who say this is the worst mock ever. <laughs> Again, I will ask this question every year. What makes for a good mock draft? Well, this is the thing. What is, people what like is, the predictive thing. What does, but what does success look like for a mock draft that you're reading in April, before the draft, 
Yeah. Right? Because you're not commenting after the draft and saying, this is the worst mock because I just saw the draft and you missed everything. You're saying, I just read this mock draft. You're trying to predict the future. It's terrible. What makes it terrible? But more importantly, what makes it good? What makes a good mock draft? People is it lack of surprise? Is it just, do you want me to go down the consensus board and just list? Do you want me to just, whatever the most common pick is, we always see Seattle take Tyree Wilson, do Tyree Wilson. What makes for a good mock draft? Let us know. They want it to be predictive, and they want you to be right more than other people. But you can't be right. Like, we don't know when you're right. We but don't know when things- you're right. I'm talking today. Like, if I do a mock draft today, somebody's going to say it's the worst mock ever. What makes a good one? What's going to make you tomorrow say, great mock draft, Steve. Love it. There's can't wait for the draft in two weeks. Nobody has ever said that about a mock draft ever. Everybody always hates them. Your only goal with a predictive one You can't is- have bad unless good exists, right? Well, you, no, you can't. You can't shine your light. Darkness doesn't exist without light, Sam. You know what I'm saying? Light doesn't exist without darkness. You need both. I, I don't know that that's true. Yeah, that's exactly true. So you can't have bad unless there's something that's good. Yeah. I don't, I, so I, you can't say everything's bad unless there's some sort of standard. Yeah. It's got to be a standard. Okay. All right. Thus ends today's show. Yeah. Sound good? Sure. Thank you for all of your uh, emails. This is great. Yeah, apparently people like this a lot. Yeah, at least it's sending us bets. Better than, uh, than we thought. Maybe we'll do a whole other show on these. There's only, however, 73 likes in this uh, particular. Oh, show. yeah. I haven't been begging people to like it lately. YouTube do you stream. do that when I'm not here with Renner? I hit, hit the like on the, way, on the way up. On the way out. Walt gave me an answer. What did he say? What makes a good mock draft? I don't know. Got a lot of stuff in there. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Renner is going to be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have Dan Brugler on Thursday breaking down all things NFL draft. We got the beast out, his great draft guide over at the Athletics. So big week here for NFL draft. We'll see you again tomorrow.